2: Mr. Jenkins told me, Mr. Jenkins told me, Mr. Jenkins told me to
0: always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week, so you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call.
1: We're the ones you want to call.
0: We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people, I guarantee it.
1: Go to MorrisJenkins.com.
0: It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Valboni, Miles Simmons, and Will Bryan.
1: That's right. It's that time of the week. Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins with your friends, Kristen, Will, and Miles.
2: And Kristen, Mr. Jenkins told me that the Panthers make him proud, and he's honored to support the team. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com.
1: Well, he should be proud because the Panthers are on a two-game winning streak. They beat the Cardinals 31-21 at home. It was fun. It was fun to have a home win in front of approximately 5,200 small but very, very mighty fans. Will, I know you're used to a to a full sold-out stadium, but what did you think of the energy in there on Sunday?
0: I, I thought it was pretty good. I thought that the the noise com- I didn't know how they were going to do that. Like combined with the noise with the fans, it, it felt loud, it felt full, like and you could tell the people that were there, they they were there. Like they came in with a purpose that, you know, we know there's only five thousand of us, we're gonna cheer and we're we're gonna get into it. And obviously the the team gave them something to cheer about.
2: They came to go to work. hmm Yeah, they did. I, I thought it was interesting when uh, it was a third down or some sort of big play on defense. People would start banging the seats in front oh, yeah. of them to make a little bit more noise. I thought that was kind of cool. It was just something that I think symbolized how. Look, there weren't that many people in the stadium, but they still were. Uh, they they still were going to be heard, if you will.
1: Yeah, and I f- I felt it on you know that long drive for instance that ten play seventy five yard drive, you know even just hearing them say first down Panthers. <laughs> You know? I, we, wow, that's <laughs> a good
2: impression, Thank Kristen. You. I've been
1: practicing for a year. I've been a Holy Panthers smokes. fan for a long time. That
2: was awesome.
1: They might be my hidden talent.
2: <laughs> I'm now, not going to try. Producer I Matt, can't... if
1: you guys ever need, if the PA guy ever needs help or you ever need uh, help recording some sounds. Holy
0: smokes. You've never tried it, Miles? No, and I'm not about to.
1: Go for there. it.
2: Nope.
0: Nope, not playing this game. <laughs> Nope, not gonna do it. I, I've I've done it, but I should probably hold off. Will you I don't, do impressions I, no, all the time? Yeah, Are you intimidated by my grades? No, because the, you did that's really well, and I don't want to overshadow it.
1: Oh! Whoa! Wow!
0: This is your day.
1: Okay. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. yeah you any can't well. do it as well as I can. <laughs> you say that as I'm looking at you from the booth of shame.
0: Well, that's just because I I made a concerted effort to not be late today.
1: Yeah.
2: Although both of you were actually here later than the prescribed
1: it was time five, and I was five here. minutes five minutes I'm, I'm, saying, I'm sorry was, I'm in the booth. the shame I'm paying for it but guys I do have uh, a good fan story for you guys um at least I think so um so I am in the row one operational zone and they have the tarps for you know they have the tarps on the first uh, what is it 10 15 rows on the something home like side that, something yeah. like that and then there are fans sitting directly behind it so I'm, you know, following what I do as a sideline reporter. What most sideline reporters do is you follow the action. You go, you know, if they're driving the ball down the field. You, you follow where the ball is. And so right about midfield, um, I'm, you know, kind of right behind the bench. And there happened to be two fans right behind me um, up on the first seats that don't have tarps. And I guess they were eating, and I guess someone put their – beer, um, right on the tarp. So all of a sudden Why I'm just sitting that? there. Well, I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden I feel just like a missile hit my back. And then all of a sudden I'm just drenched. Oh, and no. th- <laughs> this guy put, he's, um, it's definitely a berry IPA because I smelled like it for the rest <laughs> of the game.
0: A berry IPA.
1: It just, I mean, it was just a missile and the entire thing spilled down my back, like the back of my shirt. I was worried about it getting on. It's called an IFB. It's like my pack that I wear. Um, so I smelled like a bar the entire game. That was like first quarter, and I was just drenched. But I mean, it was not. It was. It was totally an accident. They were not, you know, overserved or anything like that. I think he just honestly set it up there as like a ledge, and of course the tarp is sloping down because that's the way the seats are. And uh, yeah, so I got to, to welcome fans back in a unique way.
0: A berry IPA.
1: Yeah. I, was uh, it Will? <laughs>
0: I okay. Re- I was really yep. confident with yep. that.
2: one yep. That was okay. awesome. That, that that's well good. Done, producer that was Matt. good.
0: That was good. Absolutely I'll give you well that. done. I'll give you that. 10
2: points to Gryffindor. <laughs> anyway, yes, the uh, Panthers won. Uh, they beat the Cardinals 31 to 21, you know? How about that, guys?
0: How about that? I mean, how about this offense right now?
2: The offense, I, mean, I think, is doing pretty well. Up
0: and down the field, every drive, the, you know, the long drive, the third down conversions, scoring touchdowns in the red zone, all the things we talked about last week that they got to fix, they did. That cool. was the biggest key, I think. Sorry to, to cut you off, Kristen.
1: No, I was going to say, not only that we talked about, they talked about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Throughout the week, it was uh, improving third downs on offense and defense, tackling better, and making the most of red zone opportunities. They did all of those things. I was... It was really incredible in my in my opinion that they say, all right, here are the four things that we really want to focus on. And then they came in and improved markedly in every single category. It, not
2: only that, but to to do it against the team that had been first in third down defense mm-hmm. and second in red zone defense. that that was the thing that I, you know was thinking last week all right if you want to improve all these things it's maybe going to be concerning against this Arizona Cardinals team but i'll say this too Arizona didn't come in looking ready to play last week man yeah. they they really didn't and i you know sometimes that happens when a team goes from west to east they got to play in the early window and things like that but you know it's your job as the home team and the opponent to then take advantage of that and i think that the Panthers executed everything that they need to needed to in order to have a complete team win
1: I agree. And, and you know, you also do have to say, uh, without their two starting safeties, DeAndre Hopkins had not practiced all week uh, because he was banged up. So there, there were right. things that, you know, maybe if this were a fully healthy team, it might have looked different. I still think the Panthers would have won, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. So, two and two, four games in. You know, Miles, we talked about breaking down the season into quarters. Always do it. First quarter is over. Let's hand out some awards. Oh, let's do it.
1: All right. First up, gentlemen, in our first quarter awards, biggest surprise. Miles, who uh, are you giving that award to? Okay.
2: Well, it's not necessarily a, a person. I, look, I'm I'm just going to say it. The, the biggest surprise to me is that the Panthers are 2-2. Two and two. and I, I don't mean that as to disparage the team in any way. I just thought that coming into this year, it would be really, really hard to win early for this team because of the circumstances. I mean, you have to think about all the things that were going against this team from the fact that you didn't have an offseason program and you have a new head coach. That, that off-season program with the new head coach is so vital. I have always felt, in order to install systems, just to get to know people. And really, we've heard about this in the last two weeks, how people don't know each other that well, and they've really made a concerted effort in order to do that. So between that and, look, the coaches didn't necessarily know what the players could do. You might have some operational issues just from not being in a stadium with the coaches and players and having to go through that operation, having no preseason games. I think it says a lot about this team that they have still been able to overcome all that to get two wins in the last two weeks, and they didn't have Christian McCaffrey.
1: Uh, That's actually my biggest surprise, so slightly different than yours, is that uh, the first two games uh, that the Panthers have ever played without Christian McCaffrey in his career here, does that make sense the way I said that? This is the first time he's ever missed two games in his career. So Mm -hmm. since the Panthers have had him, he's never missed a game. He misses two games for the first time. He's on IR. And the Panthers win both of those games. That's my biggest surprise. And I think just a ton of credit goes to Mike Davis. Reggie Bonifant has looked great when he's been called up the last two weeks. Um, I just think it's it's really incredible. And, of course, on a football team, you know, it's not about one player, but – Christian McCaffrey was, in the first two games, he was the one scoring all the touchdowns, you know? And and so to see other guys step up and to see Joe Brady adjust this offense, I just think it's absolutely incredible. And, by the way, it was very cool to see Christian McCaffrey on the sidelines in his bucket hat and his turquoise shirt right up there with the coaches cheering on those guys. I mean, when Mike Davis scored his touchdown, when Reggie Bonifant scored his touchdown, he's the first guy over there to root them on, and I just absolutely love that.
0: So, you look around and, you know, there's so many question marks and so many guys that you just didn't know anything about until they are going to get out in the field. So, you know, you could pick any one of number of these players. So, I'm going to go with Phil Snow because you look at back at that Tampa game and obviously Carolina couldn't overcome it in the second half, but Tom Brady was shut down pretty much in the second half. This past week, he goes for five touchdowns, wins NFC Player of the Week, they announced this morning. the The, the previous two games, the ones that Carolina wins... You see all these improvements of, you know, Derek Brown, four tackles for a loss in the last two games. You see Etor Grossmatos come out and get a strip sack. You see Justin Burris playing really well. Razul Douglas playing really well. And this is a team, you know, Arizona was lighting it up offensively in a lot of ways. You know, like Kyler Murray, yeah, he had a one big run. But, I mean, he was leading the NFL in in rushing yards for Mm -hmm. a quarterback. I'm not saying they're perfect. They're far from that. But from what they were at the end of last year – That defense, that was what everyone was worried about. You know, everyone was like, this offense could be really good, but, you know, I don't know if this defense, you know, we'll see. And I think, you know, he's the first one to say, oh, we got a long way to go. But to get them to two and two, I think that's a huge surprise, is what Phil Snow's been able to do.
1: Love it. All right. Next category up in our first quarter awards, Glue Guy. I love a good Glue Guy reference on a football team. I think there's a number of different people you could pick from. Will, let's start with you. Who are you giving the glue guy award to through the first quarter?
0: Okay, so you guys just kinda mentioned this a little bit. I'm gonna go way out in a limb on this one. I think the glue guy most recently is Christian McCaffrey. Mm. I mean, Ooh. as soon as he had that, you know, he when he was went on IR, he started a press conference with this long, you know, really, really um meaningful statement about, Hey, we're not falling apart. Yeah. We're going to come together, and he set that tone. He's setting the tone by being in here in the facility, trying to work hard to get better. He's the one supporting Mike Davis, supporting this offense. I mean, he's the one on that sideline on Sunday that was the biggest cheerleader, first one out in the field. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's weird to have your glue guy be the best player on your team, but right now, that's what they need him to be. And I think that I think that he's fitting that role, and that's can be hard for a superstar to do that
1: well he's living up to to being a captain right Right. I think you know we could see what he was able to do personally in order to get that big contract in the offseason one of the best running backs in the NFL so much more than just a running back and he was I think up into this year maybe because he's still so young he was viewed as like a great example like you see Christian McCaffrey working hard there's no excuse not to work that hard first guy in last guy out that kind of thing And this year, it's weird. I talked to him about it. It's kind of weird that he's almost like an elder statesman because this team is so young. And he took on that role of I'm going to be more active. I'm going to, you know, encourage. I'm going to be vocal and then got voted a captain. And I think he's really lived up to that, which I absolutely love. Uh, And not that the the way he was doing it was wrong at all before, but he's just added that into, into his overall you know, repertoire of being a player and being a teammate. And I think it's really cool. I've always heard um, that, you know, the loneliest time for a professional football player is rehabbing. And I think it's so cool to see him dealing with his first significant injury and hopefully last, making it not about himself being here, like you said, starting off that press conference by saying, look, before I talk anything about this high ankle sprain, I'm going to talk about this team. We're 0-2, but I really believe in this culture, this atmosphere, and I believe that we can win.
2: No doubt. Uh, Kristen, who's your glue guy?
1: You really could go quite a few ways. Um, I thought about Rasul Douglas after the 0-2 start. He's the one that came in and said, uh, we got to have a meeting. You know, uh, I think that just shows major confidence. We talked about that two weeks ago, and I think he's been a huge part. I think you could go Teddy, um, but I, I'm going to go Trey Boston. Oh, I think okay. that he is someone, especially over the last two or three weeks, that you see, I mean, he's standing beside Matt Rule on the field. I mean, I mean, the offense was on the field for like 37 minutes in the last game, so he had plenty of time to be out there and encourage. But you see him in the Sweet Carolines. I mean, he's leading stuff. He just has that energy, and he's such a veteran. And I think it's really showing right now. And I've heard teammates talk about him, Matt Rule talk about him, just what he is bringing those intangibles. And we've always known that that's who he is, and I think he's really stepped up, and I think it's showing, you know, in the way that this team is playing for each other.
2: No doubt. Uh, So my glue guy would be somebody that you actually just mentioned, and it is Rasul Douglas, because I think those team meetings that they had with guys coming up and speaking and telling their stories so that people could get to know one another better, I think it has been a real catalyst in getting this Carolina Panthers team to their last two wins. And, I mean, these guys have talked about it. The more you know somebody, the better you're going to play for them because you understand their why. And I think... Douglas, having been through what he's been through with the Philadelphia Eagles, these playoff runs that they've been on in the last few years, he was on the team that won the Super Bowl over the New England Patriots. He knows what it takes to win, and that is one of the things that he identified that was missing here. So I I think when somebody can come in off waivers right before the season starts, identify that, do that, and then go out and play as well as he's played, I think that really says a lot about him.
1: Yeah, those are all... uh three great choices so let's go now to top feel good moment miles what you got
2: um i would say that it's teddy bridgewater's 18 yard touchdown mm-hmm. run uh in in this last game over the arizona cardinals and it's interesting because he's not necessarily thinking of it like this and at least if he is he's not saying so publicly so great more power to him on that but when you think about everything that Teddy Bridgewater has been through, I mean that devastating mm-hmm. knee injury that he suffered right before the 2016 season to now go, becoming a backup and then winning games as a backup for New Orleans last year, now he is a starting quarterback again in the NFL, and he has a run like that. I think media-wise, we want to say it symbolizes him being all the way back, and he doesn't necessarily think of it that way, but I think we can think of it that way be- yep. because it, it, it's true. Kristen?
1: I'm going to go with Marquis Saints getting the first sack of the season out in L.A. Uh, that was – if it wasn't the the first defensive series, it was the second. Mm-hmm. But it was right at the start of that Chargers game. And, you know, the defense up until that point, two games in, they were 0-2. The defense had not played the way they wanted to play. They were still putting things together. And that was really the start of – and that was the big, the big talk, right, was right. no sacks. They weren't able to get pressure in those first two weeks. And I just thought that was an incredible moment because not only did it get kind of, you know, they could put that to bed. They could put the uh, sacks storyline to bed. It also set the tone for that game. And since that time, that defense has looked a lot more confident, a lot more aggressive. And, you know, I also just love that it was Marquis Haynes. I I, I just remember we were here (laughs) in Charlotte and everyone kind of like looks around and stands up. We're like, oh, my gosh, there it is. And then right after that, series after series, we saw, you know, Brian Burns get back there. Mm-hmm. We saw uh, Derek Brown make some great plays. So I, I think that that was just kind of felt like a turning point right there. And I think it also gave the defense a lot of confidence going forward in that game. So that's my feel-good moment. Will, what's yours?
0: So mine also comes from that game, and, and that's the the touchdown of that game. Mike Davis, you know, we found out afterwards, you know, he talked about his father dying nearly one year to the day before that game. And just, you know, you, you no one really knew that in that moment. But when you saw him, you know when he spiked that ball, there was just so much emotion for him yeah. and so much emotion for this team of like all the question marks about Chris McCaffrey and Mike's like, I got this guys. I got this like it's okay like we're good. Mm-hmm. and for him, his story you know it, the the things that he's learned from his brother James Davis, mm-hmm. you know the the way that he continued to persevere through practice squad from practice squad from you know potentially not having a future here in Carolina. And and just to persevere through all of that and to really kind of harness that I'm doing this for you, Dad. And like for me, I mean that was just an incredible
1: moment. Well, you're gonna make me tear up over here. Oh. That was that's very well said. It it was an incredible moment. Um and one of those moments where it's like, you know, it's sports but it has a, a higher meaning and you know that moment was just so special for him. Um All right, next up in our first quarter awards ceremony, uh, weirdest COVID-related thing. So just the way I kind of thought about this is like, if you told me this time last year, this would be happening, that kind of thing. So, so Miles, let's start with you. What's your weirdest COVID-related thing of the first four weeks? Uh,
2: Covering games on television. Mm-hmm. Away games on television. I I can't stand it, man. I, and I understand that I understand why it is. I, I and I think that it's the safe thing to do, the safe route to do if you can't get there um, efficiently via car and whatnot. But like, man, it's it's a struggle because I've just never done it before, you know. Yeah. I, and I've been covering this league for six years, my seventh season doing this, and I've been to pretty much every game. For the team that I cover. and I, You know, you go to the away press box, you sit there, you have a hot dog at halftime, you put mustard on it, it's great. <laughs> and, like, just, so, to not, from though that standpoint, like, that's weird and not being on planes and everything, but, like, sitting in this press box and watching television so that I can cover the team that I cover is just, it blows my mind and I don't like it.
0: I mean, Kristen, that's got to be, like, the same for you. I mean, calling a game on radio.
1: Yeah, it, the... F- the only one I have called uh, on, via television, I guess is the best way to put it, was the Chargers game. Um, we took a bus, a van down to Tampa. Um, Miles, you could have, well, there were plenty of seats if you wanted to have jumped in. <laughs> no, uh, you know, right, nice I little think. 10 and a half jou- uh, hour drive down and yeah. 10 and a half hours back. But, you know, yeah, I didn't <laughs> see you there, so. Uh, wasn't, you're right. <laughs> but it was, it was strange because just as a sideline reporter- I go okay, you know someone's out of the game. Like what's happening, and you can't see it. You know those are just your instincts to try to gather that that information. Yep. But I think it really taught me a lot. It it stretched kind of um, where I'm comfortable and trying to find ways other ways to contribute. Um, so I think it was a good learning experience. I would like to keep it at a minimum going forward. Um, but yeah, it's just the way it is. But my weirdest COVID related thing is that first home game. Coming in here with no fans, it was weird to me. And now, this is that was my first NFL game to cover ever. So, um, but like driving up here, we come to work every day. You go in the same security, you know, you have the same procedures, you park in the same place. And all of that was the same, but then there were like seven more layers of security, but then there are no fans around. It just was a strange kind of not, you know, fully a game, but not fully a normal day of work. And I just kind of thought, oh, okay. This is maybe the only time that there will be a game with no fans at Bank of America. And I kind of just sat there and said, OK, well, I'm, I'm really lucky to be here. So that was kind of my weirdest COVID-related thing of the season so far. Will, what's it, yours? It's
0: not getting hit in the back with a Barry IPA.
1: No, because that's a normal. That's a normal. look, I <laughs> that covered a happens lot all of, the time. covered a lot of college football games. It's <laughs> not that abnormal. OK. Will, what's yours? So
0: mine, yeah, I mean, I think just, just working from home, you know, I, I've never worked from home in my life, I mean, obviously there are a couple of days where we come into the stadium, we do different things. But, you know, for the large part, I'm working from home and it's just it's just the weirdest thing. Um, and, and it's it's taken a long time to get used to. And even now, I'm still not sure I want to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it yeah. I mean, that's something that all, you know, so all of us are, are doing in some way, shape or form, you know, around the country, or at least a lot of people are. Um, so just be, being at home and the different things that that creates, um, you know, is just I mean. That's kind of it for me.
1: Are you someone that, like, gets dressed, like, full-on, dress for work like you normally would?
0: No, I need to. No, I wouldn't. Okay. Why? I don't know. It's like, (laughs) you're supposed to, I don't know, it, like, helps you, like, get into that, whatever.
1: All right, uh, last up, Will, you had a great addition to our first quarter awards. As we look at the next quarter, the next four games, who are we keeping an eye on? Who to watch the next four weeks? Will, you start.
0: Yeah, I, I think it, it's it's the secondary, it's the cornerbacks. Um Eli Apple came back from injured reserve and went, you know, got hurt immediately within six plays on special teams. You know, that was supposed to be some depth there to really kind of carry, you know, you look at these next four games, it's Atlanta twice, it's New Orleans, it's Chicago. You know, Chicago's got a three and one record. You know, you have Allen Robinson now on that team. Michael Thomas is supposed to be back for New Orleans by the time uh, Carolina plays them in a couple weeks. You know Julio Jones is questionable this week as we kind of get injury reports, but you know Calvin Ridley's been been killing it for them. You know, so there's a lot of big passing offenses. Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, there's some big time receivers, and it's like you know Dante Jackson hasn't. I don't think he has. He played a full game yet. I don't believe so. You know, so it's like it's Razul Douglas and it's hopefully Dante for a full game. You know, who's who's going to be shutting these guys down? You know, um, uh, Jair. For, um, for Green Bay, you know, shut down Calvin Ridley. Five targets, no catches on Monday Night Football. You know, who's going to be able to do that? Because Ridley's going to get his looks on Sunday. So, how is the secondary going to handle what's now, you know, kind of everyone talked about NFC South receivers. Well, here we go.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I would say over the next four weeks, my guy to watch is Brian Burns. mm Because as we look at, you know, you're talking about the wide receivers, but also the quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. these guys are more stationary pocket guys in terms of Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, if he is still out there, who knows what's going to happen in Chicago for next week, but then also Drew Brees, all those guys are pocket passers, so... You don't necessarily have to do the same things where you're doing things with Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert, too, in in some respects, where you've got to make sure your rush lanes are dictated so that you can't let those guys out of the pocket and run and things like that. Now, obviously, any quarterback, if they've got a chance, they're going to take it. But that's not necessarily the primary concern that you have to worry about with those guys. So that being said... Brian Burns, I expect to be able to get home a little bit more. And that some of that's going to be predicated by the cornerback play and how they're able to cover guys and whether or not guys can get rid of the ball real quick. But if the Panthers get their opponents in these third, medium, third, and long situations, they're going to have a little bit more time in order to rush the passer. And Brian Burns has been real close on a lot of these things. He, I think, is going to start getting home a little bit more, and so I think he is definitely one to watch over the next four games. Kristen, who
1: you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to see some more of those Spider-Man sack poses. <laughs> yeah. He said he's got some anime ones in the mix, so I know he is just dying to to get those out there, um, and I would like to see it. Mine is, I don't know if this is kind of a cop-out because he's not on the field right now, but somebody that we've talked about a lot, Christian McCaffrey. Um, so he just completed week two of at least the minimum three weeks of IR. Um, and, you know, that high ankle sprain, the diagnosis he said was four to six weeks, but he said he's going to take it as a, as a personal challenge to come back before that, you know, to be ahead of schedule in his rehab. But I just have been so excited and so pleasantly surprised by what this offense has been able to do without him. Um, that just think about, adding him back into the mix as as the Panthers get into this tough part of the schedule as we get into these division matchups. Uh so I'm really interested to see how he's progressing over the next few weeks and if he makes it back in this four week stretch and then what that means for the offense because now you got, you know, Mike Davis's got a, a lot of confidence down there and he's shown that that he's a, a great red zone target. He can get the ball into the end zone. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see, hopefully, within this next four weeks, if he's feeling good and ready to go, um, how Christian McCaffrey can, can add to what Joe Brady and Teddy Bridgewater and Mike Davis have been doing on this offense. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with more. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer.
0: That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week, so you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call.
1: We're the ones you want to call.
0: We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it.
1: Go to MorrisJenkins.com. All right, let's talk a little bit about Game 5 and, Will, as you said, this upcoming stretch of four games the next quarter of the season – we are, uh, I say we, I mean we as in Miles and I are going down to Atlanta. I was going to say we, but I don't want to sound like the team we, you know, where I'm like, well, oh, we got to get out there and get tough. Like we got to play hard. <laughs> um, but no, Miles and I will be going down um, to the game, which I am excited about. The Panthers will be playing the Falcons on Sunday. Um, and Will, as we get into this next stretch, you have a great perspective on division rivalries. Now, I'm a Panthers fan. I have my own kind of ranking. Of uh, division opponents, miles, you're coming in from from the West coast, and will was kind of explaining it a little bit before we started recording. I said, "Oh my gosh, you know, save it for the air, take <laughs> us through it so so give us the the version of the division rivalries. Who hates who the most, you know, where Panthers fans put their energy?
0: Well, there's a reason I'm not going to Atlanta. <laughs> not going to do it okay, why is that Not going to Atlanta no, no interest. No desire, not doing it. Not a fan of Atlanta. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'll say this, I know some people that live here in Charlotte and they feel the same way. Like, this is, this is the game that everyone both, like, really, really wants to win and really kind of it gets your blood boiling. No one no one enjoys playing Atlanta in Atlanta. This is a slugfest. Even when one team is not great, 0-4, another team is, is going on, you know, like, no. You throw out the records. Is as they say. Oh yeah. You Throw out, yeah. the, throw the, out records. the records.
1: Is this the game playing Atlanta at Atlanta that gets the blood boiling the most? Oh yeah. Versus like playing New Orleans in New Orleans.
0: Oh yeah. This is this is the one. Now in the past there was you know some of the layers in years past was you know this was Cam going home you know so there was that whole layer of it. But I, I think even before that, I mean back in back in the the John Fox days, this was. There were so many epic games with Mike Vick there in overtime. I mean, it was just, it was nuts. So, I mean, I think if you break down the NFC South, the Panthers really hate Atlanta. Okay. Really hate Atlanta. Now, Atlanta and New Orleans have their kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They see themselves as like the premier rivalry of the NFC South. And Atlanta's like, yeah, I mean, we don't don't like Carolina, but like New Orleans is like the team that we're going to hate. Right. And then New Orleans feels the same way. Okay. And they they kind of return, you know. They're like, yeah, New Orleans, Atlanta. That's like the Duke, North Carolina of you know, NFL. And it's like, oh, okay. And then we're like, no, 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 Carolina, Atlanta. We're, we're we we hate each other.
1: It's the, it's the NC State, right? We're the NC State in this,
0: right? And so who's the Wake Forest? It's Tampa Bay, because they're like, wait a minute, hold on, <laughs> we want someone to hate us.
1: We play and in the same division too.
0: It's like, no, we don't hate you. You're it's Florida. It's knowing, Florida and <laughs> you know you you go down there and you you, you don't hate Florida there's nothing you just wow. kind of like it, it's it's not hate it's a different thing Florida is a different thing in 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 London I had we had the greatest time the Tampa people were like oh look at us we're in London we're like hello <laughs> come on in bucks fans it's okay we're gonna beat you The
1: disrespect right now
0: so is- much I mean <laughs> the they said so much. they want to be rivals Correct. with us so much and we're like nah it's okay we're good.
2: That scene in Mad Men, I don't think about you at all.
1: I just think it's interesting because I feel like in recent years, the Saints, that feels like the team to me as a as a fan before coming to work for the Panthers, that was the team that I was like, oh, man, this, this just grinds my gears. But I do know that that Atlanta longstanding rivalry mm-hmm. trumps all, but even when they're 0-4. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, because the, the Saints, almost
1: especially when the, they're the Saints 4, it are it almost
0: like. like, yeah, I mean, they're like the team that you know, yeah, we got to knock them off. You know, they got Drew Brees, and you know, you really you want to beat them because they're good at football. But Atlanta, you just want to beat Atlanta.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see if the Panthers can do that Sunday, yeah. one Eastern. Uh, This is the Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins.
2: Well, Kristen, Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football and he looks forward to this show all week. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, you call Morris Jenkins or visit MorrisJenkins.com.
1: Well, in honor of Atlanta and Will saying that he doesn't want to go, although Atlanta is a beautiful city, I think it has a lot more to do with the Falcons. Our weird question (laughs) of the week is what is the most popular place you'd never want to go?
2: This is a good question. Miles, um, my first instinct is to say Disney World.
0: <laughs> like, have you never been?
2: I've, I've as a child, yes, oh, okay. a, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But, like, I don't know, it's just I don't have kids, and I'm not one of those adult Disney persons, yeah. You know, no. I, you know it's just you don't not, have the ears, no, as. I mean, maybe it's because I'm single and childless, but like, I just don't Disney. I can I can do with that. It's just a bunch like to me. <laughs> like when I think of Disney, it's just like a bunch of snot-nosed kids all running around and like waiting in long lines. And I'm not a big amusement park guy. anyway. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, is I'm, that is
0: that like a you're not going to Six Flags or Bush Gardens uh, no, either? I'm not.
2: No, okay. I'm very afraid of roller coasters. Like very very afraid. Afraid. So, like, yes, yeah, I can't do it. So I guess that it's mm. all it all factors in. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of it. You're just not into amusement parks. No, I, I mean, you're don't. not going to Carowinds. I don't know. Yes, I don't even know what that is.
1: Fair, to be fair, okay, that's wow. wild. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, sorry. It's right down the road. It's right down, 10 the road. Miles it's down, down the road. Just, it's an
1: amusement park. I'm not park.
2: from here, guys. I've lived here for like three months but and it's been But isn't it funny, COVID. those
1: regional things that you're like, yeah. I didn't know that you wouldn't know what caravans are. Do you know what Belk is, Miles?
2: Uh, Yes, because of the Belk Bowl.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: No longer. Oh, it's not. It's the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yeah. Oh.
1: Oh, I actually, you know what? I yeah. think I knew that. Best best college bowl Twitter account though was the Bell oh bowl. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> All right. Well, what's yours?
0: Uh, so I don't know if I'm allowed to say this because now that like I'm no longer single, like but Paris.
1: Paris is the best city ever. City of love. It's, <sighs> it's why wouldn't you want to go to Paris? Amazing. You don't speak French.
2: I don't want to go
0: to Paris either. <laughs> Thank you.
1: You guys, it's the coolest city. I, it's, I'd love to go
2: to Paris. I want to go to the Louvre. You
0: kidding me? No, I I I prefer. You know, Switzerland or Scotland or Ireland. No, Mm. love traveling. France, France is not my thing.
1: Have you ever been? No. That's what you think until you go. I swear it's amazing. It's not like I feel like there's a lot of like Eiffel Tower, canvas art, and Bed Bath and Beyond and stuff. Like it's not that at all. It's a it's such a cool city. It's a very cool, different city. It's not cheesy. What's your beef with Paris, bro?
0: I, I I mean, it, maybe maybe Kristen's right. Maybe it's just it's all stereotypes, and I'm just not giving it a chance. But you know, it's a podcast, and we're hot taking. So there's my hot. But, take. like
2: you don't have a reason.
1: Like I mean, no, I'm trying I, to understand
0: I, what the reason I, is. I, I, I mean, I mean, we've been doing this for a while. There's a lot of things that that you said, Miles, that I'm not sure I have a reason.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to have your wrong opinion. That's fine. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Well,
0: good good call, Kristen. Where where do where
2: do you, where do you not want to go?
1: Um. I I will put them all kind of in the same category, like the fun resort, beach, like Cancun, Cabo, all of those places. I am just someone who I I want to go to bed at 10 o'clock on vacation. Like I just, you know, I want to have a a, read a book and uh, and maybe, you know sip a, a daiquiri. I don't want to go to, and this is, again, in, in the before times, as Miles said, like, I don't want to go to <laughs> Senor Frogs. I don't, you know, want to go out all day. I don't really want to go on, like, an excursion, like a, you know, whatever. You're all on a boat, and then you go out to the place with the trampoline. Like, I just want to relax, <laughs> and I, 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 like I think that. those places are awesome, but I just, I'm an old lady at heart, and I... You know you you guys like bachelorette parties bachelor parties and they're like oh we're going here and I'm like oh god you know <laughs> that's that's like 3 days of just going from place to place and I just need to relax so I'm man just-
0: i think that everyone that just listened between disney world paris and cancun what do they, we- mu- they must they must think we're just awful
1: we're the biggest curmudgeons of all time thank goodness we put this at the end of the podcast <laughs> Yep.
0: hope nobody got this far yep
1: we uh, we're gonna end on a real downer we hate all of those amazing places <laughs> all right your local curmudgeons are signing off with just a just a great way to end the podcast um thank you all so much for listening if you're still here after we just bashed all those incredible places we'll see you next week on the happy half hour podcast Wow, <coughs> wow,